Hey everybody. Hey everyone. This is Zach. And this is Stuart. And this episode we are going to be discussing uh the RPG hole. Yeah. <laughs> um this We're is taking of... a uh page out of our own notebook from yeah. the anime hole. <laughs> exactly yeah like this so this episode basically we're just going to talk about um you know tabletop rpgs that that kind of first sucked us into the hobby and you know there's going to be some overlap um because a lot of these we have actually played with each other since we lived together in college and Mm -hmm. and uh, are interested in, in uh similar similar types of games yeah, and usually when we needed a slot filled in one of our RPGs, we knew the other person would usually fill that slot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I so so I guess I'll I'll start it off. Um, sure. So my my very first one was way back in nineteen ninety six. Hmm. Um, my grandmother took me to a Walden's bookstore in the oh, world. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and um, I convinced her to pay the $10 for a uh, boxed um, entry level set. It wasn't like the basic set, mm-hmm. uh, but this was second edition D&D. Um, mm. It's the, I think technically it's called the... The Red Box? It, the advent, No, it wasn't the Red oh, Box. I'm not okay. that, that old. <laughs> um, this is... Uh, so this is towards the end of where TSR was, like, starting to peter out a little bit mm-hmm. um, in terms of finances, because it was right before Watsy bought them. Um, oh, okay. This is the... Technically, I think it's called the Adventure Box, um, but it comes with, you know, pre-generated characters, a set of adventures, and then, like, a, a primer rules book kind of like the essentials kit now mm-hmm. um and so funnily enough um people who are unfamiliar may not know uh how the mechanics of D works which i'm not going to go into the mechanics except to say that uh second edition used thaco to determine whether or not you hit the uh whatever you were fighting right? yeah yeah <laughs> Which is is kind of counterintuitive because it's basically a chart that you roll against and you're trying to roll uh, as high as possible to get a lowest number of, as possible. It, it makes no sense. But um, <laughs> the reason I wanted to bring it up is... So a few months ago, I was going through a bunch of my old gaming stuff and uh, found like character sheets in the game from hmm. when I was playing, right? Yeah. And... I had forgotten something, and it's it's that uh, for the first probably year or so, we did not play the game correctly. Oh yeah, right. Because um, what we did is, I guess it was because video games did this: is we would allocate a certain amount of hits for armor class. Hmm. to be broken and mm-hmm. you know like in a video game you knock the armor class down and then you start hitting the hit points right okay yeah and the reason we did this is that thaco in that section of that rule book i only found out maybe six months or so ago that there were certain there's a small number of those boxes that went out that there was a misprint and so there was no 
second half of explaining how Thacko works. Like it just moved to the next section in the rule. Oh, okay. And so that's what happened with mine. So yeah. <laughs> I was technically playing incorrectly for probably a year or so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as long as people were still having fun and everything, yeah, exactly. I don't think, yeah. Because again, I'm in that school of thought where like with RPGs and everything, as long as like you're having fun, the rules are probably second to that. Yeah, you know, exactly. a lot of people do have house rules that um, just try to either streamline the game or just make the game funner. Yeah, well, and and uh, you bringing that up, like there's there's a lot of I, I don't know if you follow anyone on RPG Twitter or not, but mm, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, oh, okay. Well, lucky you. <laughs> um, there's there's a whole like list of people that are like, if you have to change D and D in the slightest, you're not playing D and D. Ah, and people who are like, D and D sucks because you have to do that, and you have to like play these tiny boutique indie games, and it's like, but that like no no one knows what those games are. Yeah, because they're not easily found <laughs> if you huh. don't know what you're looking for. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a whole thing that's been been going on for the past week or two. <laughs> oh, oh, so it's recent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think they've moved on now to. Like, the last time I checked was a couple days ago, and I I think the consensus from everyone was that D and D simultaneously is great but simultaneously is the worst game and responsible for everything bad in your childhood so oh, don't listen to rpg twitter um definitely yeah. don't listen to story games people mm. <laughs> if you like playing a game have fun with it you yeah like you said um but uh yeah did you have any experience with second edition uh, no, I think I jumped in D and D proper with the third edition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you start uh, playing like in high school when it first came out, or was this more like? Yeah, it was during high school when it first came out. Um, that was kind of my experience with D and D, but I definitely played um, a couple of other RPGs first. Oh, okay. There was a a local comic book shop that uh, me and my friends would usually visit. And they would have a lot of just like random older, I guess, RPG games and stuff like that. So really, the first RPG game that I played was a game called Robotech. It's an anime it's an old school anime with um with basically a jet that turns into like a fighter robot yeah um there's like a giant like fortress city as well um that's one of the ones that's kind of kind of like voltron it's cobbled together from a bunch of different shows right exactly because there's also like a um an idol like part to it as well Mimme is one of the main characters and she's like an idol basically yeah yeah yeah, for like the american version they're like she's a pop star but really like in (laughs) the japanese version she is an idol 
Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, Robotech is um that was put out by Palladium, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I um, think it was. Hang it's the on. Same people I've that actually got it. the old book. Oh really? Yeah, I thought um uh, Robotech. It's um Palladium book. Yep, Palladium yep. books. Awesome. Uh, that is correct. I'm there surprised. is no, there is no depth to the random bullshit trivia that sticks in my head. <laughs> I'm surprised you knew that. Yeah, um, because one of the things that I like doing is I like collecting old um, RPG like manuals and books and things along those lines. Yeah, it just it has a nostalgia value to me, and I think they're kind of cool. To like show off in my collection and everything along those lines, yeah. Uh, but all I remember because I don't really I remember the rules were very uh, hard. Like the rules were very unforgiving. Yeah. But so I don't really remember like much of like the gameplay. Uh, but it was a lot of like cool space combat and everything along those lines. But there's uh, these multi-reflex warheads, which are basically like missiles that are in this giant missile container that open up, that shoot out even more missiles. It looks really cool in the anime. (laughs) It's like super cool in the anime. But in the actual game, it meant you needed to roll like a kajillion dice and like add up all of the... um, well, out of all of like the successes and everything along those lines. And I just remember that being a nightmare to like try to manage and everything along those lines. Yeah, uh, that same company put out uh, Riffs and Riffs is, is pretty similar. Like it's the thing that Palladium does, I think. Oh, it's, they, it's they like, put out, like a bunch structural. of dice. Yeah, it's like like they have they have uh, regular damage that you can take and then like... Mm like super massive damage or like like mega damage ratings or whatever so that like yeah like you might have a mech fall on your character and it does x amount of mega damage which you have to roll for (laughs) (laughs) but uh it, it was just a fun game because my friend or my friend group at that time we all watched um the anime robotech and everything and it was just kind of cool to be in that universe. It was cool to, you know, be a, a, because we all chose the fighter pilot. Like you can end up choosing other classes like entertainer and things along those lines, but with mechs or with like, I guess space combat, it's usually I find a lot more easier if everybody's like in that same class where, you know, you have the people who are, doing combat, doing combat together, or the people who are doing espionage, doing espionage together. Because it's really hard to kind of like manage different, I guess, jobs, if that makes sense. Well, like, yeah, like, I I can't imagine the fun that anyone would have if you're like, yeah, I'm going to play this mech game. Well, I'm going to be a mech pilot. And two other people are like, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. I'll be a mech pilot, too. And then that fourth person is like, I want to be a pop singer. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I want to be a merchant. It's like, mm, I don't yeah. think you're getting it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you're getting, like, what this game's about. <laughs> Which, I mean, is it's it's okay. Definitely yeah. okay. 
But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that was actually my first experience with, like, role-playing and um, a system. I wish I knew, like, I've got the book and I probably should peruse it a little bit more, but um, I don't really remember much about, like, the mechanics of the space combat. Yeah. Because it's always interesting with space combat, with it being on a um, XYZ axis, and you're not oh, literally yeah. playing on just a, a 2D, you're playing in 3D space, which leads me to my next game that I ended up playing in high school as well, moving from Robotech into Jovian Chronicle. Yeah, which, I have that on my list. Yeah, as well. uh, I ended up playing it um, in high school. Yeah, with um, I guess my core game group at that time. Sure. And it was it was very crunchy, very rules heavy, and everything. Yeah. And it also, and I remember the mechanics in this one because it really handled space combat very well and it was interesting because you also yeah. had like resource management because your mechs had like well they started using like water as gas as everything was like hydro um hydroponic no not hydroponic what's the word i'm looking for when something uses water for fuel anyway hydroelectric I guess, I guess if that's the term, but my point being is you, there was a lot of like management of, of like particular things that you had to do, particular yeah. like, um, fuel that you had to manage as well as like your weapons had energy and yeah, it was, it was a fun game. Well, yeah, I remember like. So Jovian Chronicles to me is is that like it's probably the hardest, like crunchiest sci-fi that yeah. I've ever played. Um, because I remember uh the few times that I played well, I mean I did I say few times, the few times that stick out in my head, because I know mm. I played it a lot. Um you know, in, in college with with you and our, our group of friends. But um like building a ship if you were a starship pilot. For example like you have to basically draft out okay power is going to these places life yeah. support is going to these places and you're you're using like a point by system to assign power and life support to certain sections of the ship i mean they have pre-made ones yeah i want to design my own right <laughs> i want to be a yeah yeah i remember there was many a times of like I should be doing homework, but I'm actually like trying to optimize the best ship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I heard stories from someone in that group where, where he was saying that, you know, his brother was like, like failing out of some math class that he was taking, but because he was spending all of his time doing all of this weird architectural bullshit with, <laughs> with yeah. the game. Though. Um, I will say the most like rules heavy difficult game that I played because Jovian's probably number two. The first one would definitely be GURPS. I only played GURPS. Oh, I never played GURPS. Yeah, I played GURPS once. It was interesting because 
the thing was we created characters based on ourselves. So we oh, built, cool. yeah, because we were playing in a game where our real selves got transported into fantasy world and we became, hmm. you know, as the um, session grew on, we became more familiar. Like yeah. my character, who was based off of me, started learning like runes, which could cast magic because that's, that's cool. their magic system and everything like that. Yeah. But yeah, so they have like such a way where you can build out any particular uh, character that you want to because yeah. there's so many different like GURPS variances. You can build like any type of character and they're very um, module. So you can mix and match and everything along those yeah, lines. Yeah, this, this was the era because uh, like GURPS started in the, I think, mid 90s. Um, mm -hmm. And this was the era of like splat books. So like there's a core, the and, and this is just for the audience. I know you know how this this works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a core rule book of like, this is how the system works. And then like you were saying, there's different mods. So like you could have cowboys and space fantasy and yeah. mix them together. <laughs> but yeah. they would be two different books that you'd mix the rules into. Um which I just described Firefly. Like that's you could play Fire Firefly in groups. Basically, <laughs> yeah. You could really create any sort of campaign that you wanted. So, yeah. you know, we built our characters representing, you know, us as what we thought, you know, we would be out of like a modern day like uh supplement. And then we transferred those characters into a a fantasy supplement. So that was really yeah. cool. But like trying to actually build out your character. And it was interesting because it was, so we didn't build our character in the group. We had the other group members build out our character. Oh, so cool. it, you couldn't like bias yourself and be like, oh, I'm pretty strong. I probably have like a high strength. <laughs> it was like me building somebody else's character. And I would ask them like, questions i would be like oh you know what grade are you getting in math to sort of like determine yeah. their yeah so that was actually kind of clever and fun and as our characters you know progressed in the fantasy world we learned fantasy skills and stuff like that so that's really really cool yeah that was another one in um high school and then um deadlands deadlands was my next one that i played deadlands yeah um so so deadlands is i've only played it like three or four times uh, um i actually I played it at a um a game store it was it was quite a, a lot of fun playing at the game store yeah yeah well so it, it's funny i i like deadlands the, mm -hmm. the game i do not like the system it's based on which is savage worlds mm -hmm. i and i don't know what it is i don't know if it's theming or because it's yeah. not super different like there are some differences here and there yeah i mean um, the theming is kind of like heavy because it's in civil war times so yeah, yeah and it's it's set in the civil war where the or at least in the era in which we played i don't know if they've updated these rules yet 
but they um the 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 theming behind the game is that the civil war is taking longer because i believe the south yeah the south got new technology from the yeah. ghost stone from ghost, ghost Rock, stones yeah. like basically super fuel so they ended up buying <laughs> or building like gatling guns and like yeah. rocket packs and so things like either, that it's either like extended further in the timeline mm-hmm. or there's yeah. a ceasefire and there's just two two americas for, yeah basically yeah. Yeah, I I believe that was what it is. But one of the things that really like kind of drew me in was character creation because instead yeah. of like rolling dice or like point by for your stats, you ended up drawing cards out of a deck, which yeah. was really cool. And then like depending on like what suit you drew or what um like number you got on that card determined your stats and everything but i will say that the game was kind of cumbersome especially when it came to combat because combat could really draw on for quite a while right right yeah it um yeah and i think that's mainly the the thing that that bums me about playing it is is that like you said combat just takes forever mm-hmm. the um the stunts and things that you can do with it are really cool though yeah um, because you basically if if you have anyone in there who's a gambler or is a gambler or huckster, huckster. like basically they huckslinger. have their huckslinger yeah they yeah. they um they basically do magic but when they do magic they play like they enter the dream world and they play yeah. uh, a game of poker with one of the demons to like yeah. draw power to cast their their hooks or hex yeah and you literally draw a car or like a hand <clears throat> of poker and you're trying to make the best uh poker hand out of the cards that you drew which is which really is cool too interesting it because yeah. i mean basically functionally in the game it there's like a time stop and then mm-hmm. the magic person is just like okay i'm gonna play this hand against this demon and fireball yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it slows it down for everyone else who's not a mage that, or a, a it does it does but like the <clears throat> theming is so besides the civil war theming which can be very, very um kind of loaded yeah yeah uh it's it's more focused on like the weird west and i really like kind of that weird west uh vibe to it where you're not 100 percent sure like what's happening like there's sandworms out there and you're trying to deal with that as well as like figure out like why particular or what like why this ghost stone is doing what it does and things along those lines it's just it's i I think it's a lot of fun especially if you get past that initial bump of of combat but i can understand why it wouldn't be a favorite of somebody else like i could understand if somebody was like yeah that game's just not my jam i could totally see it yeah exactly Mm -hmm um well and and one that that i had a lot of fun with that since we're we're talking about problematic faves is <laughs> mm. um uh it's same company put out jovian chronicles but it's uh it's gear creek 
Mm. And it's I so I'm not a huge steampunk fan, but this is this is the type of, you know, hyphenate punk that I like, which is diesel punk. Yeah. Um it's you know, it's set during World War Two, where World War Two is extended because the Germans have basically mechs with Tesla coils on them and you know, tanks and things like that. Yeah. Um but it it takes the same system in Jovian Chronicles and lets you play out things during, you know, alternate World War II. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, I think one of my favorite uh, sessions or times playing that was like in, in college when, when we were playing. I, I think you, you were in the group. I don't know. Um, I don't think I'd ever played that game. Because it... Um, yeah, like I, I, I was playing this character that like I put a bunch of points into language. So like, you know, I was playing a French saboteur and because I had bumped up my language way, 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 way high, um, I was working with OSS uh, to get a group to infiltrate a hidden German base deep, I forget where, I, somewhere in Europe. Um, because my guy was able to speak with German with, uh, with no accent. Like I could, I could mimic regional accents. Oh, cool. Um, and so it was very much like a, um, like a, like kind of like an inglorious bastards type, type feeling game. Um, nice. Yeah. I yeah, don't think I was a part of that. Gotcha. Truthfully. Yeah. yeah we were we were betrayed by a, a double agent which was <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure everyone died oh, no. <laughs> but uh yeah and you know another one that's um actually i still need to play the third edition of it but i am um, i really liked playing uh something that i know you played is uh, unknown armies second oh edition. yes yes uh unknown armies is definitely one of my well it's not one yeah i'll I'll say it's one of my favorites it's it's unique so so unknown armies is is uh it's kind of world of darknessy sort of um basically the the whole um idea for for the setting is that there's you know the everyday world and then there's the things that are actually going on that move the everyday world Mm -hmm. and the players are all people who are tapped into it in some way and can draw power from this hidden world um so like in the second edition third edition has way different classes but um second edition there are things like well um you know a dipsomancer which will rack up negatives because their whole power is on being drunk but then tossing that onto someone else yeah (laughs) they're Um, definitely like a crowd control sort of like giving out negative buffs and stuff i remember there's like a bibliomancer who like accumulates knowledge and everything well it's not knowledge it's it's just books okay yeah (laughs) so a lot of them have like these private uh like collections that are worth like millions of dollars because it's got a bunch of esoterica stuffed into it um there's one that's kind of edge lordy now like i'll forgive it because the second edition came out like right at the height of the 90s where like world of darkness was doing its thing but 
it's the uh, the epideromancer where the more damage you do to yourself the more damage you can inflict oh, to yeah. other people like up to and including like like cutting your own limbs and things off yeah um, it was but you could do things like you know close up someone's mouth and nose holes <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh if you want to be super edgy um but the, the unique thing about that system is that your like your characters have stats like you know body speed things like that and then you allocate points relevant to what that number is uh, in that stat uh and create your own skills mm-hmm. so like with body if you had 25 and body um you could say, well, I want to put 10 points here, 10 points here, and 5 points here. And those are your three skills that you know that are related to your body. Um, then you roll a set of percentile dice, and you try to roll under the the number that you have allocated there. Yeah, and I think this is when it kind of like lost me a little bit, because it was more conceptual when it comes to like combat and stuff like that it's very mind's eye and loosey-goosey yeah Yeah. and you know i'm okay with that and everything but like coming from a lot of these more crunchier systems and everything it did kind of take me out of things a bit yeah yeah so that's why i wouldn't say it's like one of my favorites but just like the world was really really fun yeah. yeah and with um you keep on mentioning world of darkness the first <laughs> world of darkness game that i ever played was uh werewolves mm. and werewolves was a lot of fun i played it when i um <clears throat> was in college and we had a a really good like group of people and everything yeah. and we were able to like put together a really cool like pack and stuff like that because with werewolves the forsaken i believe that's like the sub sub name of that you sounds familiar yeah forsaken because there's all sorts of different ones there's like uh vampire the masquerade and um mage the awakening or something along those lines um but yeah with the werewolf one it was a lot of like you really had to like create your pack and like really make sure that worked and it gelled well. And it was fun too, because like, you know, we had to have a pack leader and with that, it ends up being like kind of a fight to like show dominance because you're all like wolves and stuff like that. So it was kind of just fun. Like it. Yeah. Werewolf is, they're basically like biker eco terror right kind of yeah, yeah yeah where you know when you end up like forming a pack you have to have a pack leader and then you have to like go into the spirit world so you can find your totem i or totem uh i guess um animal or spirit or whatnot yeah uh to sort of like be a part of everything so it it was a lot of fun because it was definitely a different way of role-playing because usually when i role-play you know i'm not like super aggressive or anything like that usually i don't play like a lot of aggressive games 
Um, but with werewolves, you kind of have to be aggressive. You know, that's kind of the point of being a werewolf is you're, you know, aggressive in nature. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I never played classic world of darkness. I, I got in with, um, I guess an O four or five when they rebranded for new world of darkness, once their, their meta plot ran out. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy, and it, cause I, I don't even know if you can do this in old world of darkness either, but um, for new world of darkness, they put out a core rule set, presuming that you're playing immortal, right? It, it gives you all the rules to building immortal, And then mm-hmm. vampire werewolf and mage lets you specialize between those right yeah <clears throat> on top of the core set um i always liked playing in games because you you did this a couple of times um and i know i did it once or twice uh but i i like taking the characters and going okay you're immortal mm-hmm. and now you know about this weird random stuff <laughs> yeah um and it's kind of fun it's kind of you have to be very careful with what you do because the whole the whole purpose of White Wolf having put out that information uh, is to kind of underscore how deadly a vampire or a werewolf or a mage is to yeah. encounter. Like you could throw an entire group of paranormal investigators against a werewolf, like a single werewolf or a single vampire, and it, like it, it, the it, the game is over. <laughs> yeah yeah it's you've you've got a party of, of dead paranormal investigators <laughs> which is unfortunate <laughs> yeah now i yeah. haven't played the fifth edition um i've i've heard that there's issues with it but oh that's I, disappointing I to hear yeah i i think a lot of it honestly can be traced back to um i guess online twitter hate mobs because like there mm. there i've i've personally heard people say things about that uh that game mm-hmm. that i know for a fact are not true and i know where that information came from mm. in online places so like i i think a lot of it is a, a certain subsection of people not getting not getting work through uh i think onyx path put it out maybe maybe it was ccp um Mm. instead of white wolf and you know them kind of being angry and so they stirred up their twitter followers and like had them you know spread a bunch of rumors about the game and yeah um, yeah like (laughs) Cause, cause yeah, like I said, there, there's things that I've, I've seen and heard people say directly that mm. it's like, that's not, that doesn't seem right. True. Yeah. Um, like that's blatantly not true, but okay. Um, I would like to check it out though. Cause I, I'm curious if it has the same issues in it that like my idea of, of the quote unquote issues that new world of darkness had versus classic world of darkness. Um, and it, it's it's largely people who were used to one way of doing things, and now they don't want to learn the new way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of what I assume it is. Um, 
I guess the the uh, uh, another system I guess that we played a fair amount at least was uh, the guy's small mouth. Yeah, that was, and I we really played like the old system. version of um, Big Eye Small Mouth because they ended up coming out with a um, D twenty version of it. Yeah, D twenty and third edition. Yeah, which is interesting. I yeah. wasn't really expecting that, but um, yeah, and yeah, second I... edition is really just first edition. It's kind of like Tunnels and Trolls, and that second edition is just the second reprinting of first edition. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it was a lot of fun because, again, it kind of had that same system where you could make any character you really wanted, um, and it was a tri-stat system, so mm-hmm. it was a bit crunchy on, like, making stats because there was a lot of, like, you can buy this one thing that makes you stronger, and you can dump a bunch of points in it or makes you attack more or makes you, you know, it was a lot of things that you could basically do to power up certain things. And, um, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun because it really allowed you to be creative. It really kind of gave you the, the ball and said, make whatever anime character you want to make because yeah. we're more than happy to, you know, uh, allow you to play in that space. And uh, it was one of the first, like, true point-by systems I ever played. Yeah. Where it was pretty much you determine what kind of, like, I guess, campaign you're going to have. If it's going to be more harder, then there's going to be less points. But if there, it's a little bit easier, then it's going to be more points to like build out a character. Because again, the more points that you had, the more, uh, I guess, the more uh, abilities that you could have. Well, yeah, and and also it, um, it also weighted the skills differently in terms of how much they cost for your character to buy, depending on the type of anime quote unquote, mm-hmm. you were playing. So like, um you know if if we're playing a modern day like slice of life thing yeah any sort of like gunplay is going to be super expensive because like you 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 don't need to know how to use a gun slice of slice life of you're life. not going to shoot people <laughs> unless you're some sort of secret assassin or something yeah, it's along like, those lines. And, yeah you know likewise if if we're playing a game set in the 1800s it's like okay well this entire tree of computer-based things um yeah you they just you can't buy these skills because <laughs> yeah there's no computers um yeah one of my favorite games with that is um the one that my wife ran for you me and my brother oh yeah that was a lot of fun yeah flashy badge bang bang she even had an opening intro like yeah <laughs> like song written with lyrics and everything it was pretty great it was it was pretty awesome um and... yeah, it was just like a gun bunny like a um uh, what is that? It, it's sort of like, like Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah, Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah. Yeah. That's a callback. An old yeah. anime. Yeah, that's that's a an anime that I think um, not many people have seen. Yeah. Unless they're old heads like us. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should uh, quote or pick some other anime to reference. Yeah. 
um well i mean yeah you could you could very easily take this and run like my hero academia yeah and i only use that because i like i don't know anything about the show but it's an anime show i know you like it so yeah you i mean because the wrong if no no it would be a perfect one for um hero because you can like make your quirk and then you can like end up being a, a superhero basically yeah but um one of the interesting things about it was it had static damage so you didn't actually roll for your damage it depends on like what kind of a level of attack you have plus all the other factors if like your attack is based off of strength or something along those lines so it was a bit of math where you had to like multiply things but like once you knew what your attack did you knew the damage that it did because there would yeah. never be any sort of uh role it would just be basically you saying oh i did this attack did it hit yes i do 30 points of damage oh the person has armor and absorbs 20 points of it okay well then they get hit for 10 yeah yeah which I had never really played a role-playing game that had that kind of, like, static sort of damage. Usually damage would be randomized. Yeah, exactly. Because mm. it's, yeah, like, most, most RPGs, it's randomized because it's trying to go for that simulationist feel um, of, like, oh, yeah, your axe glances off of their shoulder, so they take less damage this time, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's trying to give you the feeling of... of you know it taking a little bit for people to like bash each other's shields and get a poke in here and there yeah um whereas you know besom which is big eyes small mouth like most people just say besom or besom um yeah <laughs> like it's it's you know rep replicating anime like a television show so mm -hmm. although i had an expansion i think i got rid of it but it, it was um basically fantasy races so it was a way to play D D as if it were an anime hmm um i will say another game that we played with you and your wife was um gerps no no not gerps um what was it um not gerps um it was the ones where we're all mutants you're the Oki Finoki sort of swamp. Oh yeah, thing. Gamma World. Gamma World. Yeah. Gamma World was a lot of fun because if you enjoyed like randomness, Gamma World was your jam. Because <laughs> oh, there yeah. was a lot of like factors of where you would draw like cards to randomly like give you boons or buffs or even like negative effects. And it was a lot of just like damage would be dealt this way or you would have like this special power and even as your classes like you would get like these two dual classes and you would roll randomly to find those two dual classes so you might be like a plant that's on fire or something like that and with those um classes you would get like abilities and attacks but then you would also get like random um, abilities from this deck as well as random like loot where it would be like, oh, you found like a weird vibro sword that occasionally disappears into another uh, plane. So oh. you only have it like, ran you know. 
yeah, 50% I, of the time. I love Gamma World dearly. Yeah. Uh, every edition of it. Like, it just so happens that I think I think the fourth edition rules, which is what we, we played off of, I think that's like the eighth or ninth edition of Gamma World. Like, it's oh, had yeah. a bunch of little tweaks along the way. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, like, Gamma World, I love the setting. I love how random your characters are. Yeah, because you can play such a Gonzo-ish like yeah. setting and stuff like that because it's like a mu- mutated world. It's like, and it it talks about even like these multi-dimension worlds and stuff like that, and that's why yeah. you get these powers because you're like basically flickering through different um, dimensions and stuff. That's yeah. kind of how it justifies story-wise. Like you have this ability for this combat, but when you get into another combat, you're actually like a different version of yourself from another dimension, so you have a different power. Yeah. Well, and, you know, previous editions of that game, um, I want to say it was... It's probably way old, but it, it's uh, maybe in the first or second edition of that game way back in the 70s or 80s. Um, your characters don't actually get more powerful by leveling up they just Mm. get more mutations yeah which is a really interesting way to advance characters Uh, (laughs) but i mean since you brought up gamma world um i guess we should talk about uh fourth edition DD. oh yeah um now there's a lot of people online that really dislike fourth edition um Mm, i can sort of see it that's probably the least I guess the the edition that I played the least. I played yeah. it for a little bit, and then well, I some, really didn't play much of it. Some criticisms of it, I I don't know. There, there's a lot of like I don't want to get too sidetracked, but the um, the feeling I get from reading a lot of the criticisms of it are that again like it's it's a a a sort of like edition wars type thing where you have people who don't like the fact that it's being made easier to play for people to enter you know yeah Um, i mean you see it a lot now especially with fifth edition um you see a lot of people complaining about like how popular fifth edition is or whatever and like I, I know that there there are some problems with fourth edition. Like you have to have miniatures and you have to use a map. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, I mean, third edition had rules in it where they strongly recommend you using a map too. Well, so, I think yeah. it was a lot of the characters felt samey as well. There is uh, that. with the with the addition of like daily powers, um, at will powers, and encounter powers. Yeah, a lot of the like it didn't feel like there was much variance, which yeah. I understand that I I felt the same way, and then I think it was there was a lot of yeah there was a lot of upkeep with the game because yes you would have to have a map but you would also like need to track everybody's statuses because the game had all the statuses in the world and you would have to track that as well as like like 
an example is there's abilities that move people, but there's abilities that bind people. There's abilities that like blind people. And there was a lot of book work in it. And I heard that combat just took hours. It just took nothing but hours. And it just wasn't that fun. And again, yeah, like, it kind of leads me back to my original combat or comment when we started where uh, even if you have to break some rules, you want to have fun in your game. Yeah. And I will say when I played that game, I didn't have fun. It wasn't because of anything that the game did. It was just because the system was was very nitpicky. There was a lot of bookwork that you had to do. You had to have a map and just combat yeah. was super long. And it, it got really boring too when you know you had to wait like 10 to 15 minutes to get to your turn even when there was like four people in the group yeah like they they definitely needed to and i i think one of the erratas that that came out around it which i always did uh whenever i would run it is um you know adjusting monsters hit points and the damage that they do because I, I guess they didn't play test it enough because I don't know. like the monsters had way too much hit points and did way too little damage, and so it was just this like seesaw. all that, and then <laughs> again um, with all the statuses and the you yeah. know movement and things along those lines, it just yeah. Now I will say that I do like it if if I'm if I'm wanting the characters to feel like superheroes basically. Um, I would definitely change a lot about how that game runs. Um, but I mean, you know, like it, it was the thing that made D&D click for my wife, who comes from much more of like the MMO type. Uh, That's good. Yeah. World. Because like I had tried to get her to play like like uh, third edition with with my brother and it's just like this feels like homework and it's like yeah it kind of does <laughs> i mean fourth yeah. edition kind of felt like homework like i don't yeah. think i would ever want to play fourth edition again yeah yeah i think um, i would stay away from it yeah i mean i i really like fifth edition honestly like it, mm -hmm. it and it, it it's funny i saw someone online talk, talking about the edition wars <laughs> someone online going Man, I can't wait for 6th edition to, to come out just so we can see all of these shitheads talk about how bad 5th edition sucks. Hmm. <laughs> because, yeah, like, you know, every time a new edition comes out, people will, you know, basically shit on the last one um, yeah. as well. But I, I like 5th I feel like a lot of the stuff is streamlined. It's much easier to do theater. Yeah, it's a lot easier to, like, you know... Um, tweak the rules play a lot exactly. like you know i don't think and we'll get back into a podcast but i don't think the adventure <laughs> zone would be what it is if they played it fifth edition D, &D with the exact rules uh, yeah exactly playing rules is written which again this goes back to the thing i i was talking about at, at the start as well of you know, people who insist that, well, you're not playing rules as written, so you're not actually playing the game. And it's like, well, just chill out. Like, if everyone's having fun, mm -hmm. it, like, I don't understand what what the problem is. Like, if, if you want to just only play rules as written, I'm sure, based on the amount of comments I see online, 
for that that you know there's a group for that but like don't don't talk shit about other people and how they play if you're not actually sitting there at that table <laughs> you know yeah. like that's just my my philosophy on it it's you know because because i mean i know a couple of people that basically they play fifth edition rules as written um but they basically create like like a world wrestling federation type league where like they build these insane characters and they pit them against each other now it's all rules as written hmm. right in terms of making the characters and how the combat goes but like that does not seem like dnd to me yeah <laughs> but they I'll... are fun and i'm not going to say that they're not playing dnd yeah that's fine I will say 4th um, edition is actually what led me into exploring um, Pathfinder. Yeah. 4th edition just was not really doing it for me, so I ended up going to Pathfinder. Um, and Pathfinder can be very rulesy as well, but you never really needed like a sheet. You are not a sheet, but like a, a map or anything along those lines. And it did give, like, a little bit more variety, at least I felt. So I actually found myself, like, going to Pathfinder because of this uh, this uh, edition of yeah. D&D. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, we've we've done an entire episode on Pathfinder. People can, mm-hmm. can listen to that to get our, our takes. Like, I I like Pathfinder. My... my yeah. Uh, like I, I think I, I would only want to play it with people that I know, though. Just, just because of experiences I've had with playing with randos at like conventions and stuff, it's like mm. I, this is not exactly the experience I'm looking for. But, but largely, yeah. Like I, you know, whenever you've run um, games for you know me my brother my wife stuff like that um those are super fun yeah I, though i don't think i really ran too many pathfinder games if i remember correctly um i can i can I mean, think of at I'm... least five times oh okay that um because i mean these are like short adventures with like pre-generated characters because you can just go mm-hmm. online and um you know print out character sheets for whatever level you're looking at um yeah but uh but yeah no i mean it's it's definitely fun it's definitely fun for for you know if you wanted to run a you, two or three session game like that's more than doable plus because it's based on third edition rules i feel like it's very you if you're running it you can very quickly um just make up a monster on the fly you know mm-hmm. yeah because it's it's so modular and so predictable in the way that the system is constructed um let's see oh well to to segue unless you had more to, to say about pathfinder no i mean we pretty much talked about pathfinder so yeah and i still haven't played second edition which i hear is actually really decent yeah neither have i um but uh speaking of constructed um burning wheel will always oh, be yeah burning close wheel. to my heart um even though 
apparently Luke Crane is persona non grata in the RPG community right now. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, like he lost his job at Kickstarter um, oh. for some things that he did. Oh, oh no. Um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, you can read about it online if you're interested. Yeah. Um, like, I'm, I'm not going to say it. Like, yeah, I, you don't I, need to get into it. Yeah, like, I don't need to get into it. Like, I don't agree with... I will say that that I want to make it clear that I don't agree with anything that he did, but I do appreciate the design in, that went into this game. Um, you know, Burning Wheel Gold is fantastic. Yeah, it's... Um, um, I really love the concept of, like, making characters in Burning Wheel because it's like a life path where you're actually, like going through the life of your character and depending on what kind of experience your character did through like growing up you get certain skills and stuff like that it's it's a really well fleshed out way of making a character where instead of just like giving points and stuff like that and then starting off you know as a late adult you um you actually kind of see how your character progressed and how your character got to the point where where they got to yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and i i really like it in terms of you know just in a character creation of uh, like the the effort that went into thinking of how those systems play off of each other um you know i making characters in that is fantastic uh, mm-hmm. it takes forever <laughs> Um, yeah it does take a while but but it's definitely worth it um you know i've played a couple of pickup games at a con before and like just looking at pre-generated characters people who are able to like look at the beliefs and instincts of their characters and hearing about the other people sitting at the table like will like get into not arguments but like like in character disagreements because like they have beliefs that clash yeah (laughs) you know and you haven't even rolled die one at that point yeah Um, it really is like a good way to build out again your character and build out like the bonds and friendships that you're going to gain in that um yeah in that actual game yeah yeah, because I mean, the tagline of the game I think now is moved to fight for what you believe, and hmm. like that. So, like other fantasy type games are all about exploration of the external, and to look at Burning Wheel, it's like this is all exploration of the internal. Like all mm-hmm. the characters, you're, you know, you get experience points for changing your beliefs. Um, yeah. You're you're you get some experience benefits. points for failing. You get experience points for failing certain things if you've never done them before. Um, You know, it's it's just a really well done game. Um, And yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about it before. Um, I don't think either one of us are going to say that it's it's poorly designed. No, I think (laughs) it's it's well designed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I've got three left. so this one's going to be a long episode this is going to be a long 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 well these last three are very very short um you know warhammer fantasy roleplay second edition is one that i really enjoyed Um, yeah again with the randomness because you roll for your random job 
Yeah. I remember um, playing that with you where I ended up being like a dwarven slayer, which is like these Yeah, you were killing a troll machine. slayer. Yeah, it's no, it's <laughs> it's it's just a regular slayer. Oh, it was just a yeah. slayer, okay. Yeah, and then you were like a rat catcher. It's yeah. like Yeah. This um, doesn't seem like a really well balanced group, but No, but it's fun. Like even the rat catcher, you know, it, you the joke is that it yeah, it comes with a small but vicious dog. But it's like mm. Even the rat catcher is interesting. Like there was, a, there was one time I played where I randomly rolled a, um, it was a halfling, I think fairyman, mm. but the like, basically he you know overweight, we didn't have very high stats, anything right, but the one thing he did have was a blunderbuss, yeah. <laughs> which you, you can just. Yeah throw a bunch of shit into it and fire it and it does massive amounts of so he didn't have to do anything yeah i don't even remember much about like the actual mechanics of that game it's it's percentile yeah it's percentile you're just trying to roll underneath your um your uh, percentage in the in particular skills Mm. um it's it's super easy um i specifically like I feel like the second edition is the best put together. I haven't played the fourth, the the newest one. Um, mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight, I played once. Granted, it was Rogue Trader; it wasn't fantasy role play. But like, it's so proprietary that it's like, okay, well, I guess there's the group is all kicking in to buy this hundred and eighty dollar box. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because you can't play it like you can't buy a book and then have people bring their books to the thing like there's it's got cards and special dice and all this other stuff yeah um but yeah i haven't played fourth edition apparently it's it's like an updated more streamlined version of the second edition um nice. first edition is kind of clunky like a lot of 80s simulationist games were um never played the minis game though of Warhammer? Yeah. Yeah, I ended up playing Warhammer 40k for a little bit. Oh, okay. Back before everything. Um, it was it was okay. I just, I don't think I'm a miniatures kind of person. Yeah, I don't have the resources to sink into it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, the resources, or just like that competitive nature where, you know, there's a lot of like, not rules lowering, but like, you know, measuring things and being like, oh, no, was that an inch off or is that not an inch? I don't know. It just gets, it gets strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the the other one I'd like is uh, Lady Blackbird. Oh, yeah. That was um, a lot of fun. Super fun. I, um... I highly recommend it to anybody, especially the, like, pre-gen stuff yeah it's because like it's its own little mini campaign like you can go longer but i played a little what what was it like three sessions i think um and you know people i i think got into it um, mm-hmm. this is this is the game where i made the the feely where i was in character as lady blackbird and i wrote your character a letter yeah folded <laughs> it up and instructed her bodyguard to hand to take it to you yeah to, like giving the option for the body bodyguard to read the letter before she delivered it 
which yeah. she didn't. Um, you sit there, read it. Um, I describe how Lady Blackbird has spaced herself. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, you just read the letter, fold it up, and don't say a word. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's just because it's a pre-made game and or yeah. a pre-gen game. But I think that because it gives you, you know, the um, characters, the play and everything along those lines. But I think it's so well, like, managed yeah. that they did such a fantastic job. Yeah. Because, yeah, like the three shot, like, I basically took the, they have six encounters laid out. And they're very short encounters because your characters are basically just rolling a d6 for each uh, tag or mm -hmm. skill that they have right out however it's applicable and then fours fives and sixes are successful and then there's you know in the rules there's a difficulty rating for for certain things that they have to overcome per encounter but like the game is just a, a two-page pdf for all intents and purposes one side's the rules the other side is there's the scenario and then a bunch of pre-generated characters and you just you can download the, the things and print them out and go. Yeah. <laughs> it's super simple, super good. Um, and then the the last one that I had uh, is one that I figured we should take the time and shout it out, given what we're, we're doing, is that a, a friend of ours has a, a game company, and they successfully kickstarted a game uh, called Sagas of Midgard, where you're... Oh, yeah playing as a group of vikings um and you know like full disclosure i, I helped uh, play test it um yeah it's fun i i um i remember really really liking the play tests i have yet to play a session of the finalized rules same so. here <laughs> i mean i um i supported the kickstarter i got the book and everything along those lines yeah i still haven't found a group of folks to run the game i definitely want to run the game yeah. i read through the rules and it does seem fun so yeah yeah i mean it's you know it's straight percentile um the gm it, it's one of the the types of games where the gm never rolls any dice your mm -hmm. your players are all trying to uh succeed against certain numbers for whatever the gm is doing but the gm never really rolls any dice um, and it's got base building elements to it. Yeah, which is really cool. It really, I think, they nailed the theme really well. Yeah. I think that um, that was one of the things that they wanted to do, and I believe it was very successful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that was me. Did you have any, any others that you wanted to talk about? No, I think this one's. <laughs> I think this one's good. Yeah, I told you in the show note or the 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 our shared notes that this is the one that I think is probably going to be kind of long. But yeah, <laughs> you know the, the you know spoilers for the other the 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 uh, next next uh, couple of episodes, but like they're not going to be very long. I don't think. Well, not <laughs> as this long one. as this one, but like you know, I will say that both of us have experienced different rpgs mm -hmm. and i feel really happy because of that because it gives me an understanding 
of like what goes into making an RPG. What at least personally I really enjoy and the mechanics that I basically see and go, okay, that seems really cool. And it really allows me to kind of get under the hood of some of the the other RPGs. So yeah. I, I find myself happy that I have that kind of knowledge and that experience of playing all of these variants games. Like yeah. a couple games that I didn't talk about that, you know, because of time. Like I ended up playing, um, oh, what is that game? Um, Ex- not Exodus, it was the... Um, the martial arts, uh, rolling a bunch of dice, um, Exalted, Exalted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was a lot of fun, and it was... Yeah, I never played that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was It was definitely interesting. I can see where some people probably, again, with it being a lot of dice rolling how some people might not enjoy it. But yeah. again, I thought that it was a blast to play. And it had like a tree where when you built your character, you're basically doing a like a leveling up tree. So Okay. Yeah, so I feel like it does give me quite the experience of of playing all sorts of different games so so yeah that's that's why i feel like <laughs> we uh we have a, not a little expertise but some expertise yeah you know? i mean we you know breadth not depth <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think um, with you know trying different variances of different games it does give you a nice perspective yeah exactly um so so yeah dice on out there yeah um, hopefully you know things have have gotten a little bit better so if um your your group of friends have been vaccinated and everything go and play some games yeah exactly um i mean that's that's my first thing once my i've hit my my vaccination threshold um i, I would love to have another game night because yeah try the find miss, some of our old crew yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah did you want to do a quick uh, me 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 sure um because i i mean i, I just got two things <laughs> <laughs> this one <laughs> yeah um i've got two things as well okay cool well so um i guess the the first thing is uh so in preparation for the the book club um which is animal farm Mm-hmm. I watched a film called The Death of Stalin, and it's Ooh. it's nominally a comedy. Like it's written by the people that did Veep, so if you like that like political style, like dark humor, um, mm-hmm. it it would it will probably be up your alley. But it, it's like it's presenting situations humorously, mm-hmm. and because I know a little bit about Russian history. Um, it's not too far off from what happened when Stalin died because, you know, he, he, um, died, I think in his sleep. Um, uh, anyway, he, 
no one knocked on the door for two or three days. Like he, he, uh, there's a suspicion that he had a stroke and was unable to move. And because people were so terrified of him, they didn't want to knock on the door. Yeah. So all of the people living under him, the, you know, um, Beria and Molotov and uh, Khrushchev and like all, all of the, the cabinet ministers, started vying for power almost immediately when they found out he was dead like they were all trying to to become responsible for the soviet union which um you know you can you can argue that it probably the wrong people took over but given what some of the other options were yeah uh, well you know i don't know why i'm talking around it so (laughs) <laughs> it, i mean this i can't really give spoilers for for like uh, real world life. events yeah, yeah world events in real life um yeah one of the guys that everyone just assumed was going to take over was um uh Beria, who was the uh i think he was the information czar but mm. he um you know he was responsible for the the kgb and secret police and, and all this stuff uh he was horrible like he like you know if if it was if it was uh off color or amoral like he he was responsible for it right Mm. um and you know thankfully khrushchev who was minister i think of transportation was able to get enough people rallied behind him where he could basically step in um beria ended up um shot behind a shed and then his body buried in in some some unknown plot of land like i mean he get he got what was coming to him yeah uh, is what i'm trying to say but um yeah no it's a fun movie if you like dark comedies or if you are interested in things like veep uh, like dark political comedy um Mm -hmm. but yeah no it's it's a it's a really well done movie steve buscemi is in it he's uh uh, Khrushchev. Oh, okay. yeah. Huh. So, uh, yeah, that that was my first thing. Okay. Uh, so my first thing is actually I went to a movie theater for the first time oh. in quite a while. Yes, it was. Um, it was like on a Saturday, and I went and saw the Demon Slayer movie. The Moog and Train. I was wondering if you were going to see that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Demon Slayer. I just really enjoy the... And it's called Mugen Train? Yeah, Mugen. Mm-hmm. And it was subtitled, and it was funny because I was the only person in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I felt great about, uh, you know, I've already been, uh, got both of my vaccinations. I've waited the, the two-week recommendation. Yeah. I still had a mask when I came into the theater and everything along those lines. But yeah. when I realized it was just me, I, I ended up taking off my mask. But that movie is fantastic. It was really great. Cool. And some of the things that were great about it the art style well demon slayer always has fantastic art Uh, just the art the animation 
just the way that everybody moves in the um in the anime it's amazing the second thing is the soundtrack was fantastic as well and then the third thing that usually kind of gets me a little bit is with these anime movies a lot of these anime movies they don't affect the lore like with the my hero academia movie nothing really happened to move the story along like you know you could have missed that movie and still been okay watching the next season Mm. like you know there's no stakes into the movie you know that like everything's going to be a-okay which kind of like takes a little bit of the bite away from the movie well this movie had lots of like lore this movie had lots of like plot points and if you didn't see this movie i think it would be really hard for you to like i'm sure you could probably read a synopsis of what happened in the movie but like you would be kind of lost coming up to the third season and this movie did this movie did great over overseas i think it did pretty well here in in um the states as well because it was an option of like streaming it, I believe. I believe Crunchyroll gave that option to stream it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I just know that we have a couple of like artsy theaters and I hadn't been in a theater in forever and I kind of wanted to go. And I really like this one artsy theater that I go to. I see a lot of like, they do a, a, a great thing where they show all the Miyazaki movies in like their original like movie format and everything so i usually you know go there and watch the miyazaki movie so i wanted to support it and i was not disappointed in this movie i think it was great i think the just all the characters had like great moments in there i will say there was one point where there was a bit of cgi and I know that may turn some people off because, like, hand-drawn, like, animation with, like, CGI is a little, like, disconnecting. But yeah. it's not for that long. And, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And it was really nice to kind of get out in a theater. And it was nice to see this, like, beautiful art on a large screen. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a show that um, net is on Netflix right now. There's a, only oh, is one it? season on it. Oh, okay. um, yeah, it's in my queue. I, I maybe want to start it up. Like it looks interesting from the yeah. like, teaser that they play. You know, when you land on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a really beautifully animated show. Yeah, and you know, I it's very smoothly animated. Yeah, yeah, and I love my shojin or my. Yeah, uh, Shoujin. So, you know, it's definitely right up my alley. Yeah. Um, well, so the uh, the other thing that I did is I beat um, Watch Dogs 1 oh, and nice. 2 on PS4. Um, did you ever play Watch Dogs? I did not. So it's, um, it's basically like high-tech Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen the, like the universe and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I've never just I never really played any of the Assassin Creed games. And gotcha. yeah, it's just not my style. Yeah, I mean I largely like 
open world like exploration games even though i know they have problems with them mm -hmm. um i will say between these two games i would love a blending of them um hmm. because both of them take place in cities that are not new york or la right um which i like because it's like ooh, it's like that mafia game i played where it's like oh okay this is like not new orleans right yeah um so the first one takes place in chicago and the second one takes place in san francisco right yeah um i really like the way the second one is uh animated like it's it's very bright it's very um you know it, it looks like california the first one because it's in chicago everything's just kind of gray uh, <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of flat um but the first one has much better mechanics for moving your character around manipulating um, tech in the world stuff like that the second one is super clunky so mm -hmm. like i would love a, a mix or where like you had the controls and the mechanics of the first game in the second one i think plus in terms of story the first one's almost it's kind of it's, it's a very mean-hearted game right yeah um like you're you're basically finding revenge for um the the someone caused the death of your niece and you're playing a criminal right mm-hmm it's kind of a mean-hearted game um it's understandable but it, it it lingered way 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 too much on the like how brooding and dark the main character is yeah yeah um the second one is almost hmm. well so the second one is almost too light-hearted like so you're following a group of of hackers called dead sec right mm -hmm. and they like they say hack so many times and hacker man and stuff like that that like they know what they're doing and they're being cute with it but it, it's such a weird like whiplash of like oh wow i played this first game and it was super dark and depressing and then the second game man it's way too light and fluffy <laughs> ah. <laughs> but all in all i think the, the second game is much stronger um i don't think i'm gonna pick up legion like it doesn't look enticing no, oh, is that the third one yeah it's the one that's coming out i think on ps5 which i mean i don't have a ps5 so you know yeah. you gotta <laughs> wait in line yeah those shortages are are no good yeah well <laughs> it's understandable there's a chip shortage and everything like that they just don't have the parts to make it stop mining crypto <laughs> mm, no it's more just like raw no materials. i know i was largely uh, joking yeah <laughs> Well, my last thing is, um, have you ever played like any rhythm games? Like, yeah, DDR. You... Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I ended up finding a rhythm game from just random YouTubers playing it and uh, Twitch streamers streaming oh. it. Uh, it's a rhythm game that's on Newgrounds. I hadn't been to Newgrounds in like forever. Newgrounds is still a site? It's still a thing, yeah. I was wow. surprised too. But um, they have a Kickstarter right now, and I ended up supporting them because I played their. They have a downloadable version if you don't want to play it off of the um, the browser version. But I think the browser version is a little bit better. 
it's a little bit easier to, I guess, it's a little bit more responsive because you play with the arrows on your keyboard and everything along those lines. Yeah. But it's Friday Night Funkin' is the uh, ga- name Night of the game. Funkin'. And it is fun. And it's fun because two reasons. The music is slamming. The music is fantastic and awesome. It's <laughs> really like, even if you don't play the game, they have it on Spotify. I would highly recommend just maybe listening to the soundtrack and okay. seeing if it's your jam. Yeah. And if it is your jam, then maybe like play the game, even if rhythm games aren't your favorite. Like I, I've played DDR but I've yeah. never really played like a rhythm game on the computer where I'm pressing buttons in corresponding notes. And it's it has a whole lore to it. There's a couple of Kickstarter uh, characters that are already in it. That's really cool. Okay. They've got um, Pico from Newgrounds. He's the little kid. Yeah. And they've got the Tank Man, who you because Newgrounds yeah. have that tank. Yeah. yeah on it and everything like that which uh again is just super cool and they like understand sort of like the culture so there's a lot of like wink wink nod nod jokes in there cool. which is always a lot of fun and it was like it made me want to continue like playing it like when i first started playing it i was pretty shit at it yeah but like i wanted to continue playing it just because i wanted to hear the music the music (laughs) was just like so great i was like i really just want to keep on getting better so i can like get to the next level and like hear more about it oh that's fantastic Um, yeah and and the main character it's um Definitely a character I could see myself uh, cosplaying as. So, so maybe okay. watch out for that when when cons come, <laughs> when a thing. Cons come back. Yeah. So, so highly recommend like maybe checking out their Kickstarter if you want to download their game for free, or you can even listen to their music on Spotify, or I'm sure YouTube probably has it as well. Yeah. And see if it's like something that interests you and like if you really start jamming out at the music then maybe consider like playing the game cool well that's interesting i i had no idea that newgrounds was still a thing yeah neither did i until i i started seeing all this i was like oh okay that's cool that's i didn't really explore much of newgrounds but i was like okay okay well i see you newgrounds (laughs) yeah um okay well i mean with that it's uh you know we're looking at about unedited about an hour and a half almost so (laughs) we can probably button this up and uh, (laughs) we'll see everyone in a couple weeks um our book club book is the next episode uh it is your pick it's george orwell's 1945 novella animal farm yeah which I got I got things to talk about on that one. I, it it I, should I be bet. short because it's a novella. Um, yeah, yeah, but, but I'm sure you do have quite a few things to talk about. That. <laughs> um, so yeah, with that, we will uh, see you guys next time, and uh, we'll be talking about the uh, uh, novella Animal Farm. All right, everyone. See you later. See ya.
Bye.